Thursday. Happy Thursday. Thursday indeed. This week's just flying, right? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. was uh, how was your live stream, Mike? Yesterday. Good. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it went really well. Uh, interesting conversation. And it's going to tie, I think, together nicely with what we're going to mm -hmm. talk about today because uh, the shift, this mind shift, this difference in where we were a couple of months ago to now, this reconciliation is the term I keep coming mm -hmm. back to. Just getting to the point where we understand this is a long-term prospect and we need to start thinking more about how we can help each other live in this new reality, whether it's helping our colleagues at work, whether it's helping each other stay motivated like you do for me each morning on this little OSW daily live stream, or just thinking ahead to the future. How can we be proactive about mm. taking care of our careers and ourselves uh, long term during a pandemic? So it's a yeah. it's an interesting kind of change from the crisis mode, you know, the wondering, oh, what's going to happen and when's it going to be back to normal? All that kind of conversation, I think, is behind us. And now it's this is the world in which we operate. Things are still changing. Things are still evolving. But let's plan to make the most of this and, and do what we can to adapt and innovate during these times as workplace leaders. Great introduction, Mike. Great introduction. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to pull up the agenda, what we're going to talk about. But in essence, it just ties beautifully into what you've just said, right? And, um, you know, if this is your first time coming across the channel, uh, please do hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you're alerted to all upcoming videos. But uh, today, Mike, I did put a, together a, a little agenda so that uh, oh, people can good. sort of see, see what we're going to talk about today. Um, so I like that, it. Uh, they can get a little excited or a little intrepidated or whether or not uh, it's worth hanging around, you know. So let's well, they can tune that, out immediately. Just leave right now. Yeah, this isn't for me. There you <laughs> this go. This doesn't there look you like it's something of go. interest to you. So um, as I say, you know, it's it's perfectly aligned to what you were talking about, right? So we're going to have a look at what Mark Cuban said yesterday on CNBC about uh, the types of questions that people may be asked uh, during interviews as uh, as people try to get back and, and find find new opportunities for themselves. The recruitment and retention strategies from the organizations, right? What is that workforce going to look like? The future of work and then three ways to foster mental health. So fully packed. Wow. Um, it, it's a lot to get in there. Again, what, what amazes me, Mike, is, you know, we don't coordinate what we're going to look at, but we just simply send through suggestions. And it's amazing just how aligned we, we typically tend to be, um, which is, I think, reflects the narrative that we're seeing that people are talking about. So that's what's so good about this every morning. We get to really tap yeah. into that. So, you know, viewers who come here, well, you and I both benefit from it. And then obviously, obviously viewers, if they come, then they can get to see what that is. But let's it's, let's get cracking on what uh, Mark Cuban said. And that's uh, good. It's really, uh, really interesting, right? So in essence, the questions that he anticipates people are going to be asked in the future, you know, and it's what did you learn during the pandemic of 2020? So what did you do during this time to uh, promote yourself, accelerate, take opportunities to learn new things, develop skill sets? What did you do? And if you don't have a good answer for that, then I, I actually think it's going to send really weak signals given what we're going to talk about later and actually the job market and actually the, the uh, war for talent and how that's really going to really, um, really come to the forefront. You know, I agree totally. And this is the article is very brief and just mm -hmm. a couple of things. He said, you know, again, what did you do? What proactively did you do during at home? Did you take this time 
and watch Netflix. And certainly there's nothing wrong with finding an escape. I'm one who (laughs) needs that mental break and finding ways to reset our brain after a busy day of digital experience. But I think he was addressing this kind of broader audience. You know, what were the numbers, Steve? It's been a little while since we've addressed it, but over 40 million filed for unemployment over the last four months. And, you know, the, the statistics are still in this early stage of what the real unemployment rate is and, and how it's fluctuating during the lockdown and then the slow reopening that's going on now. It's really too early to tell, but I've been listening to a lot of interesting conversations with economic uh, per, uh, per experts, I guess, economists, they're called. <laughs> economic experts are called economists. And uh, they, they are talking about that we can't even begin to fathom, you know, the real impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the global economy yet. And to think that we're just going to rebound as things reopen and, and all the jobs that were lost over these last four months are going to come back miraculously is is really, it's a pipe dream. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that in mind as we talk further about some of the other articles around the war for talent, as you mentioned. I think a lot of the things that we were playing, a lot of the rules we were playing by pre-pandemic as workplace leaders, as real estate decision makers, as facility management and employee experience uh, focused professionals, a lot of that playbook has to be torn up and rethought. And uh, to Mark's point, just putting the onus back on the individual, uh, you, me, whoever's out there listening right now, whatever your scenario, whether you're continuing to work as we are and and maybe you're busier than ever, I I still think it's time to add to your skills to, to, you know, be proactive in your organizations, you know, make yourself available for new projects, new challenges, take a risk, you know, be, be mindful and deliberate about mm-hmm. putting yourself out there because yep. it's very easy in this remote work work world to get lost in the shuffle and absolutely not be seen. Is. It's absolutely is. And just to want to take one other sentence from him and it echoes what you've just said, right? Wherever you want to work, use this time to become great at it. So take that on us on yourself, just like you, you said there, Mike. So really, really good. Um, and then moving on to another article that was written by Evelina Nedland. Um, and I, I hope I haven't, uh, you know, done her justice by, by mispronouncing her, her name. But We'll just uh, blame your Irish accent there you if that's go, the case. There you go. Evelina, he's from Belfast. He's having trouble <laughs> pronouncing English you words. You said that so beautifully, man. It's almost like you've rehearsed it before, which is, which is great, <laughs> you know. It's so good. And this comes from BenefitNews.com. So recruitment and retention strategies for post-COVID workforce, right? With remote working becoming the new normal, she's provided guidelines on actually what organizations are going to be looking for, strategies they're going to be deploying in identifying talent. And, you know, in this new in this new world and wherever, wherever we move to, it's highly likely that you're not going to be competing with uh, other people in your city. You're going to be competing with a global population. So how or what are you doing to actually ensure you're being seen by those as an individual basis? But then from an organization, they're looking at this between, you know, taking this opportunity right now to really evaluate what their workforce needs to be, how they're going to develop those new remote strategies, and also how they can take advantage of skill sets that they previously didn't have access to. So obviously she's just created three three different things here that it, uh, it's it's going to be uh, people are going to be looking for, you know. And 
Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and in this, there's two articles from this Benefit News mm -hmm. organization or this website, and I wasn't familiar with it before our conversation today, and you shared these articles with me, but this one, I think, focuses a little bit more on the what employers are going to be looking for and, and the focus of you know, putting the burden on employees to make themselves valuable, you know, things like I just said before, as a remote worker, how will you be judged? How will you be evaluated? Is it just about your output? I certainly hope we get to a place where we can get back to some of those softer skills and, and the, what I call the, the intangibles, you know, around culture and mission and relationships and, and how can we recreate online and through this part-time existence in a workplace, some of those great benefits of being in the workplace that we are now missing out on. And that was the focus yesterday on my live stream. We, we said, boy, what are the things you're missing out on? Uh, all of us, you know, those serendipitous collisions and the, the conversations that happen quickly in the hallway and looking over at your desk to your, your neighbor and asking a quick question or your boss, just popping your head into your, your manager's office and say, what are you working on? How can I help? All those things are so much harder now that we're all dispersed. And if you don't make a deliberate choice. Again, I'll keep using this proactive term. If you're not proactive about finding ways to connect yourself and your skills to your organization's mission, uh, it's going to be harder to do long term. And then as as this remote work becomes more the norm, as you said, it, it becomes a an opportunity for organizations to get the work done, maybe from a larger pool of employees. In fact, the fact that there's so many unemployed right now shifts the the pendulum has swung from this full employment three four percent unemployment rate where there was a huge war for talent to this huge pool this gigantic pool of available workers and skilled labor that have been displaced because of covid i think that i think that the the i guess i don't want to what do i call it the the opportunity or the power shift or the the, the employer now has so much more going for them in a way, but maybe you'll disagree with this. And I think the next article is an interesting one because I might disagree with this, but but that's where I'm feeling. I'm feeling yeah. that the, the employer is going to have more say going forward than than the employee does. What do you mm. think? That's interesting. I actually think it's equal. Um, and the reason why I say it's equal is because it goes both ways, right? So yes, the employer has the ability to select anyone from anywhere in the world. But the employee now has the ability to, one, work for a lot more organizations that are beyond a train ride or a car drive away because I think this is going to be a strategy that's going to be opened up. Um, I think what we may find is, you know, those people that live in cities like San Francisco, New York, where actually the cost of living is much higher, may struggle to work for a company that perhaps isn't based in those locations because they're not used to paying those salary levels. So I can see some sort of shifts from that perspective um, as well. And therefore, perhaps if you live in a lower cost location, be it wherever it is in the world, you may have a more opportunity um, to actually access an entry into these different organizations. So I can see it both ways. I think there's good opportunities. The other benefit I see that it wasn't touched on, but it just as you were talking, it sort of came to my mind and some of the conversations we've been having offline. Organizations at this moment in time are going to be looking for diversity. Right. Diversity in mindsets, diversity in culture, diversity in how everybody looks and feels and every aspect of that. And I think accessing a remote workforce is going to provide organizations with the ability to tap into those diverse markets. And I think it's a real opportunity for that. I also think it's a real opportunity for employees or people who are actually looking for jobs and looking for roles 
to really push themselves forward to take advantage of this moment in time when organizations are trying to create and have in front of mind that they need to create a diverse culture because a lot of these statistics are going to be reported going forward, I believe. So it's going to be something I think that people can put themselves and put their best foot forward, take the lessons that Mark Cuban was mentioning yesterday and then apply it to this mindset of how organizations may recruit in the future. Yeah, I'm glad you put it in that perspective or gave me that perspective because my gut was telling me unemployment's high. There's a lot more people out there wanting jobs than than the roles available to them at this time. And it could be months. It could be years. But you're right. It does. It does equal out some of these shifts, these broader marketplace shifts about remote work uh, do favor the employee because you have more opportunity as well. So um, interesting to see, you know, how our audience feels about this because yeah. my gut tells me, and maybe you're hearing other things anecdotally, that as this crisis hit us, you know, people, if you had a job and you made it through the initial, you know, lockdown, closed downs, cutbacks, if there were any, many organizations, um, lay people off right away. Many didn't. Here's the piece that I think we're, we're also forgetting. We're just at the beginning of this, Steve, and maybe you disagree, but, but the economists, again, I'll, I'll defer to their expertise. They're saying because of the way we kind of put a Band-Aid on the situation as, as government came in and uh, the, the payroll protection program you know, kept a lot of uh, employees in, in their jobs because employers took this loan and were able to keep them on board, and that was a good thing. I'm not saying it wasn't. But as those benefits expire and as this this recession drags on, we are in a recession, clearly. Um, if it gets to some of the predicted levels of of reduced GDP and, and all those things that, that are signs of a, of a bad economy, uh, what's going to happen in 2021 or, or third and fourth quarter of this year, even as more people are laid off? I saw a news report last night, you know, Delta Airlines, maybe. Uh, laying off, you know, tens of thousands of people, and and I imagine every industry, all these knowledge workers who are working from home right now, happily in many cases, and some not, but but they're they're happy they have their jobs. But the anecdotal evidence I was going to say is that most aren't out looking for new jobs right now. I know a couple that I've heard that have that have left or changed jobs in this climate, but my gut tells me, and tell me if I'm wrong or if you see it differently, that. If you had a job and you are you have a stable income during these uncertain times, you're going to hold on tightly to that job, and that's that seems to be what I'm seeing. And it's not like there's this war for talent because there's all kinds of empty positions, and, and employers have their pick, uh, or, or I'm sorry, employees have their pick of all these different job opportunities. I, I know many more people who have lost their jobs here in these early stages of this crisis and this pandemic, and they are they are desperately looking for work. And it's a challenge for them. Is that is that how you're seeing it, or do you see it a different way? I, I would agree. Um, I also think that we have yet to see the real impact of those jobs. One, for the reasons that you've said, right, there are organizations who are being supported and encouraged to keep staff, and actually, that, therefore, those loans um, are, are seen as grants and they don't have to be paid back. I also think there are many organizations that are trying to do the right thing by their employees right now because they don't know what the medium to long term future looks like for their organizations. You know, and we look at the stock market, it's been driven by a handful of stocks and it's just like, it's just 
crazy sort of the growth in those stocks, but actually, and not that that should totally reflect the economy, but in essence, it's like it's 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 a really good indicator of, of what we what we are looking at. But fundamentally, have those organisations really looked at uh, efficiencies in in their uh, their staff correlated with their revenues just yet? I don't know. I do fear that, um, like you, that. Q3, Q4, and maybe even 2021 is where we will actually really see the true impact of what we've been going through over these last period of time when organizations need to deliver value to their shareholders, then I think we may see different decisions um, be, being brought forward. But uh, yeah, really interesting and really, really deep. Uh, thank you, Valina, for, for actually <laughs> creating this document and actually article and, and giving us it. And look, everything we do here, there is links below, so you feel free to go and check out these articles. Um, but uh, we do want to move to another article. That Before you move on, Steve, uh, as yeah. you get that set up, I got to yeah. make a comment because this is, again, inside baseball, offline humor. But people will appreciate it because it's a perfect example of it. I was talking about something that's a little bit emotional and upsetting. My voice rises. I start talking too fast. I start stumbling over my words. And then I turn it over to you. And all of a sudden, your voice has come down an octave. You've slowed your cadence. You're thoughtful. You're careful. And you calm me in your tone and demeanor. So thank you for that. No, thank you. And thank you for pointing it out. You know, we should just make this the thing. We should give each other high fives. You get a high five thing or something. Just whenever <laughs> do this thing, you know. But thank you, man. I appreciate I appreciate you saying so. You see my voice got up as I got excited again. So Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There you go. There you go. So moving on to uh, the second uh, article that Evelina has written in the last couple of days. And it sort of continues the conversation. Um, so how is coronavirus pandemic shaping the future of work? And we've, we've discussed this a little bit, Mike, but I think there's some things that, um, that, you know, Evelina actually identified that actually a lot of these shifts that we're talking about now were beginning to happen prior to the pandemic. A lot of this has really accelerated some of those opportunities. Um, it's also opened the eyes and we've talked before about change the perspective of organizations, of employees and really allow everyone to sit down and actually evaluate what is important. How do I contribute? How are employees contributing? What is our business model going forward? It's almost allowed us to take a pause and really evaluate. And Evelina here has went through some of the things that you know we've been talking about and you know it's front of mind for everything, but it's beautifully put together. You know, remote work, digital health boom, and we talked about yesterday about how the, the workplace wellness market is going to you know, bloom almost double, I think, what, what we sort of saw. Sure. And then the work-life yeah. balance is a really, really important one that I think people today are evaluating what really is important. What is my work-life balance? You know, a lot of families with young kids who, you know, were struggling with schoolwork and, and homeschooling have now got a different challenge because the kids don't have a structure. They don't have a routine, but they still have a routine that they need to continue to work be productive while working, but also conscious and concerned about their kids um, not having a lot of activities, no camps to go to, struggling to, to meet up with friends and so on and so forth as we manage that social distancing. But it's right. allowed us to really integrate what and ask those questions. What, what do we want our work-life balance to be in the future? And, you know, a lot of people don't like work-life balance, but I think we kind of know what it is. It's almost like work's been integrated into our, our lives these days, right? It's an integration. It's an accept acceptance of that integration. So those are some of the things that I sort of took away, some of the thoughts I had, Mike, and, you know, what, what did you think when you read it? 
Yeah, this is, a, again, a lot of great ideas here and a lot of uh, truth that you just laid out there. I won't repeat it because it's all very apparent to me that, that these requirements for flexibility to help us all manage during these times is essential. And the fact that you pointed out that many employers, if not most employers, are are certainly doing all they can to care for their employees. And I, and I love to see that. But I just worry as times get tougher and difficult decisions need to be made, whether it's about the size of the real estate portfolio, uh, the shrinking of the office, the changing of the workforce, uh, the, you know, some of these things we've not touched on are, are the leaning more on technology and automation and, and outsourcing, you know, all these potential positives, the acceleration of some of the things that we've known make people more productive, more um, happier in their work, the ability to maybe come in one or two days a week, work from home two or three days a week, whatever that, that looks like. I think those are all great things. I just, I just have this kind of feeling in my gut, this concern that, you know, some organizations, um, and again, maybe be, desperate times will call for desperate measures. People will have to make choices. Uh, it just, I keep coming back to don't sit around waiting for your employer to put together some new great flexible work program that you can, you know, do things the way you've always done them, but just do it from home or do things the way, you know, work's always been done with these, you know, new uh, flexibility. It's, it's going to be, how can I adapt? How can I, as an individual, bring more value? Because the pressure on organizations economically will be there as the global market changes. That's going to put more pressure on employees to prove their value. As things become more automated, things become uh, more remote work. And that was one of the articles. I can't remember which one, but there, there seemed to be a, a heavy emphasis on all the benefits to employees about these things, which, again, I don't disagree with. But my gut kept telling me, listen, that was, th those those thoughts were all about, um, you know, kind of strategies, philosophies during the times of prosperity, low unemployment and the war for talent. And and I think if they haven't changed already, a lot of those rules of the game will change going forward. There'll be there'll be more people looking for work than than have available opportunities unless they adapt and change. And then I don't know if there's another article you got to put up, but yep. one of these articles and they're all con conflated in my mind. I'm not sure which one it was, but something about just a practical application. If, if as a 40 or 50 year old uh, knowledge worker in the world of say marketing and say your industry gets hit hard by this COVID recession and your company goes out of business or lays people off, and there's always going to be a change, right? The, 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 the new industries that are popping up because of this pandemic will certainly allow for more opportunities. So how do you adapt as an individual? Mm. Does a marketing manager or someone in, in the world of knowledge work all of a sudden go work for an Amazon warehouse as a 40 or 50 year old? Is that the best solution? Mm. I don't know if that's the right answer. And uh, it's going to be an interesting and, and somewhat challenging and, and to me daunting time ahead for many of us. Yeah, and it's, again, it's a, the common thread or the red thread, as we have learned over the last couple of days. Um, I is, like that. Is yeah, the, is my red the, shirt for the red is, thread is today. the ownership, right? Individually, we have to take ownership of our careers, and probably more so than we've ever had to before. You know, it's we, we've all been told 
there's no one more interested in your career than yourself. There's no one more interested in your development than you. And I think at this moment in time, we have to take that responsibility and learn how do we do that more for ourselves, which I think is what you were you were covering. Yeah, great, great points. Yeah. And, and, and this is sort of the, the, the last the last article that we did want to touch on, Mike. Um, three ways to foster mental health. Um, and it's it's a great article. Um, and as we think about it, it's, you know, by providing employees with the resources, communicating clearly, consistently, and encouraging connecting with teams, people are better equipped to deal with the uncertainty. So as we think about, you know, you were through the conversation we've had, the sequence with which everything has been there today, you know, um, it's, it's, it's really important to follow that whole thread. And what's really interesting about this one, Mike, is 67% of employees are reporting higher levels of stress since the outbreak of COVID-19. Now, yep. what I do want to say is um, this survey was done in April 2020, so we have to be conscious of the timing of it. It perhaps has shifted a little bit more because I think while there was a greater uncertainty at that time, I think people f understand and expect, like you and I, that changes will come in Q3, Q4, 2021. But I think some yep. of that uncertainty has maybe been reduced a little bit I think if that's if that's fair to say, um, but well, we've uh, adapted, haven't yeah. we adapted? Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I lived it through it together. My hitting the digital wall and the stress was getting to me because of some habits that had been born from this crisis. I had to adapt and, and adjust and take more mindful approaches about how much screen time I was having and what I was doing to relieve and and rest my brain at the end of the day. I couldn't just go and watch more TV or scroll the Internet because that was just adding to the to the digital overload. So, yeah, I think here we are in a better place a couple months later that because we've realized this is a long term prospect, that this is something we've had to adapt to. But the 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 topic's a good one. And I'm glad this article you shared it because I'm going to use this to be a springboard into future conversations mm -hmm. with others and on my live stream, because this is where I think we can be most helpful as workplace leaders, as you and I trying to be uh, providing valuable content here. Yes, we'll continue to offer practical guides and strategies and protocols about office reopening and remote work and work from home and all those topics. But this overall holistic view of the person and the and the and the work they're doing, wherever that is, whether it's in a building part time or it's home part time or it's a it's a hybrid of both, which I think is going to be the most likely scenario going forward. How can we really, you know, be creative about this and be innovative and bring to the workforce, to our employees, to our colleagues, all those things that they need to be successful, not just in their work and their productivity levels, but in their connection to others and their connection to the mission of an organization and feel like they're part of the culture while keeping their well-being top of mind. And that's what this article's touched on, some real practical ideas. That's why I liked it so much. Yeah, no, it's, it was really, really good. So as, as we wrap up, Mike, I think I'll just bring up, you know, back onto the screen, Mark Cuban's question, you know, the questions that I think we all have to sort of really ponder and think about it. And yes, this is looking at as you've been interviewed for a new position. But I think this is something that, you know, we can each ask ourselves today, irrespective of what our future looks like. You know, what did you learn during the pandemic of 2020? What skills did you add during the pandemic? 
And I think that's something that we all have to ask ourselves. I think we all have to find the answer to it. And we also have to accept, I think, a little bit that the answer is going to change. You know, as the yeah. world evolves, mm -hmm. as our thinking evolves, as opportunities evolve, I think the answer will change. And, and, and you know, I'm a, big, I'm a big believer in writing down a question and giving myself 30 minutes to really think about what that question is and how do I answer that question. And setting that timeline of 30 minutes and, and the real juice usually comes in the last couple of minutes whenever you've got through all the really easy stuff. Then you get to the real fundamentals and the foundations of actually why that question is really important to you. So I encourage people to take those moments today, write down that question, go lock yourself away in a room and uh, yeah, write down that piece of paper and see what you can come away with. And uh, you know, if, if, if this was useful for you and you find something from it, you know, leave a note in the comments. Uh, let us know, reach out to us on oswdaily at, at gmail.com. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's really good, it's really cool. Um, yeah, and I want to I take a moment to thank the people that have reached out over the last couple of days. I think mm -hmm. our conversations earlier this week uh, have st struck a chord with yeah. our audience, and I appreciate hearing from people. We know that more people out there uh, listen and, and watch the the broadcast and and consume a lot of our content. And it's not the normal thing to to take time and send a note or post it on social media or or send an email, but. We appreciate you out there listening and watching and, and those who shared their comments and uh, interact with us. That's really the highest form of compliment and certainly what gives us energy to keep doing this uh, beyond just being with you each day, Steve. You give me energy. And again, whether this broadcast goes out to the Internet or it's just you and I sitting in a room chatting right. uh, virtually, it's all worth it to me. So I thank you, sir. No, no. And thank you, Mike. And, and you know, as I think about routines, both you and I, you know, we love the routine of doing this. We love, I love, I'm really enjoying now the routine of actually going and finding content that we can sort of prepare ahead of time and sort of put real structure because not only does that allow us to actually find what the, the world's really thinking about that day, it allows us then to share it with the audience. And, and I encourage people, if, if you have content that you think would be useful for this, uh, this, this uh, live stream, feel free to send it through to us. If you want to contribute or write something for Open Source Workplace, feel free to, to, to send it through to us as well. We, we, you know, Open Source Workplace is all about providing a platform for people to share information, share knowledge about workplace productivity and employee experience. So please feel free to reach out to us. And uh, if you want to contribute in any way, shape and form, please, please feel free to do so. So for today, Mike, love it. thank love you. It. I appreciate the conversation today. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. You too, man. Cheers. Cheers. Ha, ha, ha.